Managing medications for treatment of behavioral health issues or addiction disorders can be challenging. But imagine the added challenge of managing medications for women with these conditions who are pregnant or who have recently given birth. On today's show, we'll learn about a new initiative aimed at providing critical perinatal psychiatric expertise for care providers of expecting and new mothers. The adage of healthy mom, healthy baby really does stand true, and that's been shown time and time again. That women who don't do well from a psychiatric standpoint throughout their pregnancies have consequences not only to themselves but other babies because of moms not having the treatment that she needs and deserves. And the high hopes for its success and growth. We think that it will be able to be replicated elsewhere as well. It is something that we hope won't just benefit Wisconsin, but will benefit patients and providers across the United States and world. It's a look at treating the behavioral health and addiction disorder needs of pregnant and postpartum patients through the Periscope Project. Inside this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Welcome to CTSI Discovery Radio. I'm your host, Brian Belmer. CTSI Discovery Radio is brought to you by the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin. The CTSI is a consortium of researchers, doctors, scientists, and others representing eight institutions, including the Medical College of Wisconsin, Milwaukee School of Engineering, Marquette University, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, Fredert Hospital, Blood Center of Wisconsin, and the Milwaukee VA Medical Center. The CTSI works collaboratively across all of our member institutions in advancing biomedical research and finding new drugs, treatments, therapeutics, and interventions that are better, faster, and more economical than ever. Our mission is advancing health through research and discovery. With all the possible complications a woman might experience during or following pregnancy, the most common one is depression. Sadly, among postpartum women, suicide is the second leading cause of death in the United States. Compounding perinatal postpartum behavioral health issues and addiction disorders in women is the fact that care providers often suspend antidepressant or other medications for pregnant or breastfeeding women out of concern for the mother and her baby. But continuing treatment can be what the mother needs most, when she needs it most, to ensure a healthy birth outcome. Dr. Christina Wickman is Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Obstetrics, and Gynecology and Director of Women's Mental Health at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Add to that her newest title as Medical Director of the Periscope Project, a new provider-to-provider initiative aimed at offering perinatal psychiatric expertise and resources in treating women with behavioral health issues who are or plan to become pregnant. The Periscope Project officially launched on July 1, 2017, and it's housed administratively at the Medical College of Wisconsin. We had the opportunity to meet with Dr. Wickman recently to learn more. First, she tells us that at the root of the need for the Periscope Project is a lack of psychiatric care providers in general. We have a shortage of just general psychiatrists across the state, let alone any subspecialty psychiatrists. So perinatal psychiatrists, what I am, there's maybe three or four of us across the state. And so to have three or four perinatal psychiatrists for over 65,000 births in the state of Wisconsin simply just is not enough to be able to cover the services that these mothers and families really need and deserve. And that shortage of experts specializing in perinatal treatment of women is a significant disparity. So there isn't any subspecialty fellowship training for perinatal psychiatrists. Most of us have had expertise that we've really grown into from a clinical standpoint. I know about three or four of us 
us total in the state of Wisconsin. And none of us, to my knowledge, work full-time in this field. So while I'm here in the Department of OBGYN, there's only about 30% of my time. I've got other clinical and administrative responsibilities, and that's my understanding of the others who have some specialty expertise. None of us have a full-time practice within this field. Which brings about the critical need for the Periscope Project. Periscope is an acronym for Perinatal Specialty Consult psychiatry extension. So really what we're doing is to extend psychiatry services in this perinatal population. And so the project hopes to fill that gap that exists between available perinatal psychiatrists and healthcare providers for pregnant women needing treatment. Next, Dr. Wickman explains some of the common perinatal psychiatric disorders many women experience during or following pregnancy. First, the baby blues. Baby blues is an incredibly common, mild emotional disturbance that occurs with the vast majority of women in the postpartum period. So 75 to 80% of women will experience baby blues. Self-limited typically resolves on its own within two weeks. Women may experience tearfulness, emotional ability, they may not sleep as well or have some difficulties with their appetite, but that all adjusts within one to two weeks after delivery. That is completely normal. Compared to other psychiatric disorders that are higher on the spectrum, such as perinatal depression. Perinatal depression is a major depressive disorder that tends to occur then after delivery, up to one year postpartum. So you're looking at all the other signs and symptoms that we see with depression. Low mood, feelings of sadness, easy tearfulness, as well as some physical symptoms, so difficulty with sleep, difficulty with appetite, lack of enjoyment. The difference between baby blues and postpartum depression is that when women are struggling with depression, they have a hard time caring for themselves and caring for their babies. Still, other women suffer from perinatal anxiety. Perinatal anxiety is a term that encompasses a multitude of anxiety disorders, so generalized anxiety, panic disorder, even post-traumatic stress disorder. All of those are increased in frequency and intensity in that perinatal period. About 10% will experience anxiety disorders during pregnancy or postpartum period. She says post-traumatic stress disorder relative to pregnancy is an area of increasing research. PTSD can occur when a person feels that their life is in significant danger or potentially in harm. So if a mom is experiencing, say, a crash cesarean section and her baby's not doing well, she's fearing for the baby's life, she's fearing for her own life, that can actually exacerbate and cause some symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. So we've got more and more emerging research looking at traumatic births in particular and causing symptoms. PTSD. In cases where an expectant mother is prescribed psychiatric medications, Dr. Wickman tells us that she may be taken off that medication by her primary care provider, which may or may not be necessary. I would say the majority of women are advised to stop their medications when they learn about conception or preconception if they're planning a pregnancy. And that's really because of the perceived lack of data with the use of psychiatric medications. I say perceived because there is actually quite a bit of evidence with use of certain classes of psychiatric medications in pregnancies. Primarily are the antidepressants and some anxiety medications. We actually have quite a repertoire of information about their safety profile with use in pregnancy. And so what it really comes down to, it's the potential risks of these medications and the known risks we have. And we have to balance those 
goes against the risks of having an untreated psychiatric disorder in pregnancy, of which, again, we know quite a bit about the potential risks of untreated psychiatric disorders as well. Are psychiatric medications more difficult to manage during pregnancy? They're not necessarily more difficult to manage in the general population. It's that lack of perceived knowledge that we have. If anything, we are causing harm not only to mom, but also to a fetus, an unborn baby, or to a breastfeeding baby. So it's that perceived lack of information and the evidence that we have that causes more prescribers to be wary of any potential harm. And if a woman's medication does present a risk to her or the baby, are there alternative psychiatric medications that can be prescribed? Absolutely. And so there are certain classes of medications that we have enough data with their use that I certainly feel as a perinatal psychiatrist comfortable with their use in pregnancy. And that should be thought about for just about any medication, psychiatric or otherwise. We really need to always be balancing the risks of the medication against the risks of an untreated disorder. Whether that's psychiatric or medical, we need to have that risk-risk analysis really before opting to discontinue any medication in pregnancy. But it's not always the primary care physician who makes the decision for a woman to stop taking psychiatric medications during pregnancy. Sometimes it's the mother herself. I would argue that a lot of patients that I end up seeing, whether they have been recommended by their primary care providers or their obstetricians to discontinue, or if they've been encouraged to stay on their medications, women themselves may feel more comfortable discontinuing medications on their own. And that could be for a variety of reasons. The first of which they don't want to do anything that potentially could be harmful to their baby. So these are women who may even avoid Tylenol because they're concerned about potential harm. Typically they're worried that while we have good evidence, there's always things that we may not know that future studies may demonstrate and they don't want to carry any potential risks to their baby. Once someone goes off prescribed psychiatric medications during a pregnancy, what are negative consequences of doing so? The most common negative consequence of discontinuing medications during pregnancy is a relapse of their psychiatric illness itself. There have been some studies to show that women who discontinued their psychiatric medications at time of conception in depression, particularly, almost a 65% relapse rate at some point during the perinatal period. And depression, while it can be difficult to manage from an individual, the consequences are even higher when they are currently pregnant. We know that women who have more moderate to severe symptoms are less likely to engage in their appropriate prenatal care. They're more likely to engage in things that could be harmful to babies, drug or substance use, restarting tobacco use or smoking during pregnancy. With more severe symptoms, it can have negative consequences to baby as well. Because mom's depressed, she's not going to be able to engage as much with a baby if she's struggling with her own mood symptoms. What about addiction treatment medications? Are there negative consequences of suspending their use during pregnancy? We've got good evidence to demonstrate that women who discontinue opioid use disorder treatment, so medications like methadone or buprenorphine, at time of conception or during their pregnancy have much, much, much higher relapses of an opioid use disorder during their pregnancy. And because we have good data with use with methadone and buprenorphine in pregnancy, the standard of care at this point is to keep those patients on those replacements to be able to prevent relapses during their pregnancy. There are three main components of the Periscope Project designed to assist in addressing the behavioral health needs of pregnant or postpartum women. 
First, there's a teleconsultation component. So who are the consultations available to through the project? The Periscope project is available to any Wisconsin-based healthcare provider who has an NPI or national provider identifier. So that really opens up the doors. That's just not physicians. That's not just mid-level providers or PAs or NPs. That could be a social worker. That could be a nurse. Anybody who is managing or helping to manage perinatal women who have psychiatric or substance use disorders is eligible to enroll in our program and access our teleconsultation. And how exactly does the teleconsultation component work? The way that the teleconsultation piece works is that a provider can pick up the phone, be connected with our triage coordinator, or email us. For utilizing a telephone service, we will have a 30 minutes response rate. So you'll call, you'll talk to our triage coordinator, whether it's a medication question, whether it's a screening tool question or diagnostic issue. She'll put through the page to the on-call perinatal psychiatrist and give that call back within 30 minutes. So write to that doctor's office or talk to the nurse to be connected with that physician or healthcare provider. From an email standpoint, if it's more of a general question, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night, but the doc's just kind of finishing up and has a question, they can shoot us an email and we'll respond within 24 hours are typically same business day. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible for healthcare providers to access subspecialty psychiatric care. What types of topics might be discussed relative to an expectant or postpartum mother and her baby's health care? Myself as a psychiatrist, I don't want to just limit it to psychopharmacology and just medication management because it really is much more than that. Diagnostic clarification, if you want to talk through, you know, is this baby blues? Is this depression? Am I missing an anxiety disorder? Particularly when women aren't showing symptoms that fit neatly into a category. It's nice to be able to talk through with a specialty provider as to what may be going on. Again, screening tool questions may be another option that we can be helpful with. But Dr. Wickman says information given out will vary depending on the specific profession of the person seeking consultation. We know that it's just not physicians or prescribers who are caring for perinatal women. And so we really want to be able to help answer any questions that any healthcare provider has about this population. Now, certainly I'm not going to talk about medication use to a nurse or to a social worker who does not have prescribing privileges. So I wouldn't necessarily answer questions about medications to a non-prescriber. But if a social worker is doing a postpartum depression screen and she's not certain as to how to bring this information back to the patient and is just looking for guidance on how to start a conversation with the patient based on the screening tool, those are all things that I can be helpful with. Second, the Periscope Project has a community resource information component focused on resources in the greater Milwaukee area, but Dr. Wickman says it's poised for growth. And I'm really proud of what we're trying to do. We have quite a few resources within Milwaukee that are specific to perinatal women with mood or substance use disorders. The problem is that they're incredibly siloed and trying to get the right patient to the right program or provider at the right point in her pregnancy. I've been practicing in this city for almost 10 years and I still have a very difficult time knowing all of the programs, keeping up to date on where they are at and how to get the person into that program in a timely fashion. Because during pregnancy, you can't have a six-month waiting list. So that's what we're trying to do is gather information, have a database available, again, really anybody, but certainly all of the potential enrolled providers. While we're not targeting patients and families, if a patient or family were to call and say, I'm looking for information about a therapist in this area who specializes in perinatal mood disorders, we would absolutely give that information to that patient or family as well. And third, there's an education component 
component. Our website has a provider toolkit, and so we have screening tools available. We have algorithms available, so if a screening tool is positive, what follow-up questions should you ask? What are first-line psychiatric medications for both depression and anxiety? Potential risks during pregnancy and breastfeeding of those medications, and how to talk to and document all of that within your own medical record. We also have five educational modules, things like perinatal mood disorders, antidepressant use and pregnancy, breastfeeding and psychiatric medications, sleep and anxiety disorders, as well as opioid use disorders in the perinatal period. And lastly, I'm going to have flexibility to go out to clinic practices and do in-person didactics or presentations to talk about the Periscope Project, but also to spend 30 minutes in answering questions that our providers have had. The educational component, we think, is just as important as the teleconsultation piece. We want to be able to infuse this knowledge into our providers as well. You may wonder why the Periscope Project and its tools are primarily provided to healthcare professionals and not the patients themselves. I think it's important that patients remain with a care provider. I'm not going to be able to provide and see all of the patients that have this need, and so it's important for them to be able to remain in the care of a care provider, whether that's a primary care provider or their obstetrician, to help them navigate and do appropriate referrals. So that's the reason to keep them with their primary care provider at that point. Next, Dr. Wickman tells us that the Periscope Project also helps women not diagnosed with depression or anxiety before becoming pregnant, but who show signs during or following pregnancy. Depression particularly is underdiagnosed in pregnancy and in the postpartum period because all of the physical and biologic changes that are going on, a lot of women and their physicians for that matter, dismiss the symptoms that they're experiencing and just really kind of push them off to, oh, that's just the pregnancy. You know, we kind of anticipate that women are going to sleep differently, that their appetite's going to change. They may be more easily tearful. What I tell my providers and I tell patients, if it comes to a point where it's impacting your functioning, that's a problem. Certainly if they're having thoughts about life not being worth living, those are huge red flags that we need to do something different. But it doesn't have to go that far. If symptoms begin to impact daily functioning, we need to have a conversation and figure out what's going on. And in such cases, the Periscope Project is there. To encourage providers to do screening tools at any point during their pregnancy to really look for those emotional symptoms and don't put as much on the physical symptoms because we know that those things change. And to intervene early if there's concern. And it may just be having a discussion about self-care. It may be a peer-to-peer support group, a psychotherapist, group psychotherapy services. There's lots of different ways that we can intervene that doesn't have to just jump right to medications. The project connects care providers with addiction experts as well. Opioid use disorders in our country are just exploding. If a woman is unable to stop on her own during pregnancy, that really demonstrates the most severe treatment-resistant patient population because typically a pregnancy is a time where women are really motivated to get the help that they need from substance use disorders. And if they're not able to stop when they learn of a pregnancy, we need to help them and support them as much as we can because that is a particularly treatment-resistant subpopulation. Our hope with the Periscope Project is to connect those women via their primary care providers to providers who are accepting new patients, who recognize and feel comfortable with treating perinatal patients with opioid use disorders in a much more timely fashion. We've heard about during pregnancy. What about preconception services? Absolutely. Those are my favorite consults is the preconception questions because then we're anticipating what could happen. Unfortunately, in the United States, 50% of pregnancies are unintended. And so we're always a little bit behind the eight ball then if mom's on medications and then she learns of her pregnancy, well, what do we do now? So we have a preconception consult. We've got some planning time. Fertility is another big issue. About 10% of women 
in the U.S. are struggling with infertility, and a big percentage of those women struggle with mood and anxiety disorders, either long-standing or as a result of their struggles with fertility. So that would be another subpopulation that we would be able to be helpful with. Which can help mitigate risks to the mother and her baby during and after the pregnancy. The adage of healthy mom, healthy baby really does stand true, particularly for psychiatric disorders. And that's been shown time and time again, is that women who don't do well from a psychiatric standpoint throughout their pregnancies have consequences not only to themselves, but of their babies from physical standpoints, maybe even higher risks of psychiatric disorders themselves because of moms not having the treatment that she needs and deserves. The Periscope Project is now serving care providers and their patients throughout southeast Wisconsin. But Dr. Wickman says she anticipates rapid growth. It's very clear that it's going to go statewide very soon. Um, I think my biggest concern about the statewide piece is that community resource component. We recognize that most of our focus has been in greater Milwaukee, southeast Wisconsin area. And so if a healthcare provider from Wausau or Madison or La Crosse calls, we may not have that community resource information. It's not that we wouldn't be able to provide the teleconsultation piece, but we may not be able to have as much information about the community resources yet. So that's our, our kind of next step. There really isn't anything out there right now. So if we can provide support and education and confidence to our primary care providers to be able to help them manage these patients on their own, I think that's going to translate to best outcomes for moms as well as babies. Who is the Medical College of Wisconsin working in partnership with in launching the Periscope Project? Our biggest partner is the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. We have two researchers, Drs. Jennifer Deering and Jennifer Cabuccio, who will be looking at the evaluation of this program. We recognize that we're grant-funded right now, but we want to be able to continue these services beyond our grant periods. Our grant period is three years, and so what we've tasked them with is looking at the sustainability of this program. Which leads us perfectly into the introduction of our next guest. Dr. Jennifer Deering is an associate professor and executive committee chair at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee College of Nursing. Along with her cohort, Dr. Jennifer Cabicho, the two comprise the evaluation team of the Periscope Project, analyzing how the project services and resources translate into cost efficiency in perinatal health care. Dr. Deering tells us about the importance of the evaluation component. The Periscope Project's vision is that in five years, every healthcare provider in Wisconsin has access to this type of consultation. For us to be able to sustain this program long-term and to expand it the way we want to, we need to demonstrate that it works and we need to demonstrate its impact to the healthcare system and to the health of the community and state. And she describes how data will be collected to be analyzed. Every time that a provider calls in to the Periscope extension line, we have systematically designed the project to be able to capture all the data that are coming in. So when Dr. Wickman has that contact with that person and speaks to them, that conversation, not word for word, but through the data elements that are most critical, will be transmitted into a system that then we can pull the data out of and do analysis. The Periscope Project hopes to change the way providers care for patients. What does Dr. Deering see those changes possibly looking like? When a provider calls in, let's say a midwife, and says, I need help consulting with this patient's condition, and that midwife then changes her behavior with that one patient. Ideally, through further consultation with the Periscope Project or just feeling empowered and confident to be able to then translate that one encounter to the rest of her patients that she encounters in the future, to be able to better manage her whole patient population of pregnant, breastfeeding, postpartum women, the idea is that the knowledge and motivation and behavior that provider will experience will translate to better management of all of her patients. 
that's when you get system change because then you see a change in health outcomes at the population level because then if you have 300 providers all doing that, then you see change or a paradigm shift occur. So what are the implications of such a paradigm shift occurring in practice of patient care? Long term, if we had enough numbers, I would hope that we actually see reductions in infant mortality. If a woman is better managed in pregnancy and engages in less behaviors around self-medicating symptoms, less smoking relapse, and improved health promotion behaviors and access and use of prenatal care, then ideally she'll have a healthier baby, and that healthier baby will have a greater chance at reaching its first birthday. Next, we asked Dr. Deering if there's an innovative aspect to the project's evaluation component. One of the unique aspects, and really kind of one of our risky aspects, is that we are looking at this long-term view, seeing the uptake and diffusion of this innovation into practice, and seeing how this shifts the utilization of healthcare, both in terms of claims that are made, but also reduced hospitalizations, reduced ER visits. And so there's going to be shifting both in terms of utilization and cost of healthcare. And that is the innovative component, is that we're looking at the economic benefit of this program to the healthcare system. Could the evaluation component of the Periscope project provide new knowledge for the healthcare field? And if so, what? There's one question that we're going to ask every provider who calls in and talks to Dr. Wickman. If you hadn't called us today, what would you have done? The data that we'll be able to mine from that can then be linked to costs, annualization, and ideally to see the impact of the program through modeling of, if we did this for 15 patients, what if this were 50,000? That kind of modeling then will demonstrate the economic benefit of the program in the hopes of expanding it statewide and engaging in the sustainability of the program. Dr. Deering says collaboration is critical toward the project's success. on all of our strengths and minimizes our weaknesses. Through our interdisciplinary, interinstitutional collaboration, Dr. Wickman and her team can focus on what they do best, delivering clinical services. With my colleague, Dr. Capiccio, we can focus on what we do best, the research and evaluation. And she says you can be part of the project's success too. By spreading the word. If your listeners are primary care providers, please tell your colleagues about this. If you know nurse practitioners who see pregnant women, if you know midwives, OBGYNs, tell them about it, enroll, and use the program. It's there for you. And if you are a patient who is pregnant, tell your provider about this project and encourage them to enroll. I would like to see friendly peer pressure, both from providers telling other providers and from the patients encouraging their providers to enroll in this program to ensure that they're getting the best care possible. Dr. Wickman agrees and especially wants healthcare providers to know that this is a completely free resource for any healthcare provider within the state of Wisconsin who is helping to care for pregnant or postpartum women struggling with mood or anxiety disorders or substance use disorders. There's no reason not to call to let us see how we can be available and assist you with managing your patients. Dr. Deering says it's an important model for listeners everywhere to know about. We like our model. (laughs) We think that it actually will be able to be replicated elsewhere as well. And so this could be a model program to keep your eyes on. It is something that we hope won't just benefit Wisconsin, but will benefit patients and providers across the United States and world. Again, the Periscope Project is intended primarily as a provider-to-provider resource. But Dr. Wick says their website has information for anyone concerned about perinatal or postpartum depression, anxiety, or addiction issues. There's a mothers and families tab on our website to kind of reviews general 
most common perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. It has some resources for moms and families right on our website. Talk to your primary care provider. Talk to your obstetrician about what your concerns are. If you have a psychiatric history, let them know that so that they can be mindful and monitor you a little bit more closely because we know that women who have the highest rates of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders are the women who have had psychiatric histories in the past. There's also a video of a mother named Becky who gives a powerful testimony of her own struggles following pregnancy. When I was in the depths of my postpartum depression and anxiety, I was sure that I had reached the deepest and darkest point of this illness. I spent so much of my days really truly believing that I would never get better. I was so completely lost and I really didn't think anyone could help bring me back. All I needed was one provider to say to me, it happens to so many women and although you feel like you're the only mom who's struggling, you are far from alone. I am a woman of privilege with every resource at my fingertips and I still struggle to get the help I needed. We need better care for moms. This is why I'm so thrilled to support the Periscope Project and I look forward to its positive impact on moms and families in our community. To hear Becky's full story and to learn more about the Periscope Project, go to www.the-periscope-project.org. That's the-periscope-project.org. Or call 877-296-9049. We'll be sure to post a link on our CTSI website along with our podcast of this show. But for now, we've reached the end for this edition of CTSI Discovery Radio. Once again, our sincere thanks to today's guests, Dr. Christina Wickman, Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Obstetrics, and Gynecology, and Director of Women's Mental Health at the Medical College of Wisconsin, and Medical Director of the Periscope Project, and Dr. Jennifer Deering, Associate Professor and Executive Committee Chair at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee College of Nursing, and co-lead of the evaluation team for the Periscope Project. I hope you've discovered something by listening to today's show, and I'm doubly hopeful that you'll join us again next time. CTSI Discovery Radio airs the third Friday of every month. Join us for each episode. On behalf of the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin and all of our affiliate partners and members, I'm Brian Belmer, wishing you happy, healthy days ahead. For more information about research or to listen to this program online and on demand, please visit the Clinical and Translational Science Institute of Southeast Wisconsin website at ctsi.mcw.edu. While you're there, sign up as a community member. And remember, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. CTSI Discovery Radio is written, produced, and hosted by Brian Belmer in collaboration with WMSC Radio. The CTSI and this program are under the direction of Dr. Reza Shakir.